Hey everyone, it's Charlie Webster here. I hope you're okay and you're managing to keep well, well, as well as you can be at this time. We're back with a new episode of My Sporting Mind as I speak to sports stars about their mental health and well-being to hopefully offer a bit of support and know that you're not on your own in how you're feeling. This is a special episode with the EFL and Mind supporting their Inside the Mind of campaign for Mental Health Awareness Week. And today we're off to the championship. I'm very delighted to be joined by Sheffield Wednesday defender Sam Hutchinson. Hey Sam. Hey then, Charlie. You okay? Yeah, we've got the apologies about the fact that, you know, I'm from the other side of the city. Slightly <laughs> <It's> awkward. <laughs> yeah, slightly <laughs> awkward. Um, but thanks so much for joining us. No problem at all. How have you been during this time? Yeah, not, not bad. It's obviously been hard. I've got three children, so I've been uh, being kept busy with that. But um, How old are they? They're quite young. I've got a two-year-old, a five-year-old and a six-year-old. So you've been so, homeschooling? Yeah, well, my wife has. It's, uh, yeah. Not for me, homeschooling. I do the exercise, the PE teacher in the garden. That's still important. Mm, yeah. I don't know <laughs> if my wife thinks it's very important. <laughs> so, so what have you been on a, doing to get through this period yourself? Are you missing football? Uh, yeah, well, I wasn't playing before that anyway. But um, yeah, I'm missing football. I always miss it. That's, it's one of the hardest things, missing football with any, with any injury or whatever. Um, but I've got a gym at home, so I've been working out and just trying to keep busy. Do you use exercise to cope? I use exercise to keep me on a level playing field because if I don't, then I'll, I'll just fall into a deep depression. Really? Even on holiday. So you still train if you're on holiday? I don't have any time off. Because? Because I that's would... That's when the thoughts come in or...? Yeah, straight away. If, if I didn't, if I did stop, then I would just be, I'd be miserable. I'd be angry, I'd be depressed... I wouldn't want to do anything. And I just think, just stay active. Even if I'm injured, I try and stay active. I'll probably make my injuries worse, but I try and just, just carry on. So you did struggle with depression. Yeah. Um, and you got help for it when you were roughly around 20, 21 years old. So yeah. is it something that you're always going to live with? With that, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I suffered with it 2021. But the, my main coping mechanisms with, with what I've got in the depression is to to exercise one and to speak about it like so i always find someone to speak about i find someone to vent and how depends sometimes it's physio sometimes it's doctors sometimes it's my mates um sometimes it's my wife but um yeah it's a difficult thing because sometimes you don't want to speak about it when you are depressed that's one of the hardest things to do because you don't want to do it and that's why you 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 get further and further into uh, depression but as soon as i know i'm getting it People know as well because, like my mum and dad, oh, they just flow. Uh, say a flippant comment like, "Oh, you're bipolar. You are. One day you're happy. One day, like I get all of that, and that's what you get sometimes. But it's just what people see, don't they? That all of my different personalities come out, and they can come out in one day. So how does it come out? As in, you said that your mom, your parents will see, or or somebody will see. How do you behave that that gives you that almost the sign that you're not okay? Yeah. Well, one about. Well, three months ago I shaved my head off shaved my hair off not your head off <laughs> no not my head shaved off, hair that, off. <laughs> that would be drastic but yeah shave my hair off right I went for a stage when I was younger whenever I had a problem I just shaved my hair off it's just like a change I need a fresh start so yeah. I just go oh, I'll whip it off and start again and then that'll change and then I look at myself and think what the hell have I done <laughs> do you think it's almost something that you can also control yeah that, well that's what I that's why most of the time I get depressed because I can't control it. it's the incontrollables that you that makes me depressed like not playing football and being injured I can't control that and my my depression comes through not playing and being injured and having something taken taken away from me 
that I thought that I deserved. I've worked from the age of seven up until that point every day of my life and been dedicated, missed out on a childhood. And then I got it taken away from me at 2021, 20, one of the hardest things that I've ever had to deal with. And then you put in the real world, I'm at university. One week I was playing in Chelsea's first team, the next I'm in a university and I'm like, what's going on? Mm. When, when you were younger, because you were at Chelsea Academy, yeah. nine years old? Seven. Did, seven years old. Mm. Did you notice it as a pressure then? Was it different for you because you said you missed out on a childhood or was it just a laugh or fun or was it like a pressure, I'm going to perform, I'm going to achieve, I'm going to make it as a professional footballer? From, yeah, from day one, it was always that. Um, I suffered with injuries the whole time. So from the age of 11, I missed like three years of football um, because I had the problem in my right knee on my left knee. So I started seeing Andy Williams, who's a famous knee surgeon, from the age of 10. So it's not like a new thing for me. I've suffered with it the whole time. And if I'm honest, I went for a stage between 14 and 15 that I was probably severely depressed. I didn't want to come out of the room. My mum and dad had to say, come on, let's go to training. Because all I did was go and get rehab. I didn't train. I didn't do anything. Struggled to get a scholarship. And as soon as I went in full time uh, with Brendan Rodgers, like, as a manager and as a man, he just gives you that love for football. And it just reignited something in me. A year later, I was in Chelsea's first team. Like, I made my debut. So it was just amazing. Then you're stuck in a whirlwind. Yeah. So it's a lot of up and downs. Um, yeah. Back then, did anybody talk to you about mental health? Because that's so much for a kid. Yeah, no, nothing. There was nothing in play. Obviously, Chelsea were fantastic with the rehab side of it and the physio side of it. But back then, no one spoke about it. That's 14, it's even longer ago, 16 years ago. Mm. Um, the first time that I ever knew anything about mental health and in football was when Ancelotti brought a mind room into Chelsea. And that was because he'd done that AC Milan and Clarence Seydorf and people like that swore by it. And what, did that make you recognise things in yourself? Yeah, just speaking about it and saying what you felt, the pressures of daily life, training with the world's elite. And I was training once or twice a week with the first team and then doing swimming sessions because I couldn't run on my knee. And I was embarrassed to do that because there was people that, were, that won the World Cup and they were the best players in the world. And I'm trying to have to compete with them doing it twice a week. And it was, it was hard. And like, I think... Obviously, some of the players would be like, What's he, why is he only coming out twice a week? They question it because you do as a player. You say, oh, there's nothing wrong with him. He could play with that because that's what you do as a player. Mm. I even do it now and I've, I've had so many injuries. Oh, no, I play with that. But you just don't know. Some people deal with pain differently. Some people deal with loss, whatever, differently. And it's a How did you situation. deal with it at that time? Did you block it? Okay, so you yeah. blocked it out. Yeah, completely blocked it out until it got to too much and I retired. Like, my knee was bad, but my the depression and my mind was the thing that made me give up football yeah. because Did, it, it's obvious now because I come back to play football and I've had a career yeah so it was actually so interesting because I bet all the emphasis was on your physicality yeah. yeah it was it was the mental health so then what was the change for you then because you did come back well I had a year a year and a half out and I had nothing else to do. I sat for six months. I went to the Priory. I saw Dr. Hopley. I was an outpatient. I couldn't sleep for six months. I had tablets after feeling suicidal. And I sat on the sofa and my wife was working part time at the time. And she would come in and she'd look at me and I'd have a blanket on. And it would be 12, half 12, one o'clock, two o'clock. And I was watching Homes Under the Hammer. <laughs> she said, you need to sort your life out. And, and then, uh, yeah. And Ryan Bertram was in the swimming pool with a physio called Fernie at Chelsea at the time, John Fern. And they said, oh, you still look fit. You might as well have a go. And I was like, no, I hate it. I wouldn't want to come back to that. 
And then I got my mind right, worked on it a bit more, saw Peter Kruger, he's a sports mm-hmm. site, and um, eventually got back to a place where I got my mind right, and then we started on the physical side of it. You said got your mind right. What sort of things did you work on and look at at that time then, mentally? A massive, a massive thing with me is just speaking about it. Like, just, like, say, my worries. Um, I didn't speak to my family during it. I didn't speak to my mum and dad for two years. So, like you said, how did it come out in you? Like, I was angry. I'd argue with people. The only constant that I've ever had was then my girlfriend and then my wife because she knew how to calm me down. The only one that, no, even now, she's the only one that can calm me down. Obviously, my kids can, but... So, yeah, it's just, it's mad. So, it's almost like that, that anger is that frustration. So, what does your wife say to you that does help um interest well now she has she has she doesn't have as much patience now we've gone through <laughs> she's like go for a run go in the gym or do something but now i cope with it i don't it doesn't come out in anger i feel it myself and then i'll either ring someone up and speak about it or i'll go and see someone in london that who i see yeah and i i really honestly just try and work out as much as possible it sounds sad but it's just it's just me yeah, but that's a really nice way to put it. Because don't worry, yeah. people think that about me because I train yeah. a lot. And I'm not even a professional athlete. And I train nearly every day <laughs> for my <Yeah>. mind. <laughs> but I'm comfortable with that. I'm comfortable with who I am. Yeah. Like, I, I say football's like torture. It's, men- it's mental torture to anyone, even if they haven't suffered with depression or sports in general. At that highest level or any job that has that pressure, because there's so many ups and downs. There's more downs in football than you could ever imagine. And people won't realise that as fans or anything. So from having a bad training session, that puts you in a bad mood. Or having a little niggle and you have to go and play. Like Last year, I took a... I probably shouldn't say this because I'm trying to get a new club. But last year, I took an anti-inflam every day so I could train. Because the new regime was you had to train every day to play. So my body, ask any doctor that's ever seen me, I shouldn't really train every day. I'm capable to do that. But there's no need for me to do that. So I had to take an anti-inflammatory to train every day. Now, the anti-inflammatories can cause a depression in itself because that's yeah. part of what they are. But then you get on with it and you find out a way that works for you. And you just have to be, I'm in a place now where I've, I've become stronger mentally to deal with everything. And I found a way that works. Like you said, exercise. Exercise works for me. Eating well, exercise. My kids are a massive thing as well. Having kids or having something outside of what depresses you because inevitably football depressed me and it still does now I only get depressed over football Mm. I don't get depressed over anything else because my life is is really good it's you remind me so much of um Tom Bosworth who's an Olympian who I've spoke to who it was almost like his competition defined exactly who he is and he had that like you know like frustration and anger around it and then had to find other things in his life because that's all his life um pinned pinned around I suppose and you said about you you almost hate football yeah but is that because you it's you it's you I'm addicted to it yeah and it's your life so like you said he's an Olympian he was at that top level so I play for Sheffield Wednesday at the moment now I'm not at that top level but as a youngster I was at Chelsea I played for the first team at 17 I captained England and I was that elite that elite player I was at that top level and then my body couldn't cope with it um, but my mind still thinks I'm at that level. No one ever stopped me saying I'm not good enough to play in the Premier League because I still think that and I still live my life. I'm not as obsessed anymore because I have other things going on. But as that youngster, I went from not being able to get a scholarship at nearly 15, 16 to being in the first team 
at 17. Mm. So I still have that obsession with, with trying to be the best. And, and that's in everything I do. My house is ridiculous. If I see a mark on the wall, there'll be a paint around. It's just, it is what it, it's how I've been brought up at Chelsea to be the best from the age of seven. And I wouldn't be who I am today if I didn't get brought up that way. Mm. And I have the discipline like that. And I, I think that's amazing. And I wouldn't have it any other way, but I wouldn't want my kids to be brought up like that. I wouldn't want my boys to play football. And my yeah. nephew's on trial at Chelsea and I wouldn't want him to do it, but he's six and I just think it's too young. Yeah. But, mm. Do you think you'll ever find that acceptance? You th- are you starting to when find I finish, acceptance? When I, yeah, definitely. When I finish <laughs> and it's all over, I think I sort of accepted it because I've had a career in football, but it's not what I want it to be. It's never, even when I play, I, like I play in a position that I, that's not, I wouldn't even say is my position, but I've done it for the last six years because I've done a job for Sheffield Wednesday and that's where they wanted me to, wanted me to play and that, that's how they needed me to play. But it's still, I'm not fulfilled in that, in that role, but I love it. And as long as I'm on a pitch, I will never ever complain what position I play because I love playing football. Like, as I said, I'm addicted to it. But I don't think I will find the fulfilment that I, that I desire ever in football because I didn't reach where I thought I would. Yeah, that's what I mean. I wonder if, because I mean, it won't mean anything what I'm saying, but you have done incredible to even come back from what you what happened to you when you were younger and the fact that you had such a depression as well and I think maybe you don't realize but it is inspiring because to even reach like league two level is exceptional in Mm. professional football but how do you cope with no I know you say exercise how do you cope with the pressure of the perception maybe from the outside and you know that's a big part of football is you're almost not seen as human yeah. and so you're not allowed to make a mistake now I, I well i don't have any social media like i said to, i am rubbish with technology i have no social media i have nothing like that i live in sheffield so i interact with the fans quite a lot more than most players that play for wednesday and i'm fortunate enough that the fans like me <laughs> so yeah. like, i always get a good response but um as bad as it sounds you have to shut yourself off from it and that's why sometimes I think players can alienate themselves from fans and, and likewise the other way around. Because one time a fan wants to be your friend and then another one they can slate you. But that's their opinion and, and everyone's entitled to their opinion. So you just have to, it's hard. And sometimes footballers are only humans or athletes are only humans. So they're going to say something back or they're going to have an opinion. But you have to be for, uh, professional about it and just hold your tongue sometimes. I wonder how would you describe what depression feels like to you? Whoa. a black hole that just swallows you up and you can't get out of it you're trying to climb out of it you try to do everything that you could possibly do and nothing works it's just a lonely horrible place mm. and the more the deeper you get into it the more lonely you feel and all you want is a you want someone to put their arm around you but you don't want that it's the biggest contradiction that you could ever face mm. because what you need you don't want and what you want you don't need because it comes from, yeah, because it comes from such a scary place, yeah. I think. And if someone's trying to be caring about you, you just go, no, I don't need, do you know what I mean? So, and then if someone's too fierce for you, with you and say, no, you need to snap out of it, you can't, it, it's different to every person. Like some people can, like in a change room, can deal with uh, rollicking and being shouted at and that gets them going. And some people need an arm around them. And I'm a mixture of both. I've got so many little things that go on inside my head so one day I could be oh yeah have a nice and I can be loving and next I can be the hardest person ever and you think oh what's wrong with it do you, do you know what I mean it's 
and no one knows how to deal with you until you learn how to deal with yourself and learn what mood you're in and it's so difficult yeah and that's just you trying to cope with different things that's yeah. why like i always say that mental health comes out in behaviors and it's those behaviors that you need to recognize to go oh okay i'm doing that so i need to check in with myself yeah. almost yeah de most most definitely life's hard <laughs> bloody hard <laughs> Life's hard, and what and what um, is at the moment? Yeah. Um, uh, what? But that's another thing. I check myself like that, and I yeah. think, look at look at what I've got, and regardless of any money, because I'm not money orientated anyway. You look at the love around you and the family you've got, and then you look at some people that are in such a worse position than you, like people coming back from Afghanistan when the war was on, and they've lost legs. And I'm thinking, I've got a little knee injury here. Mm. You need to get over yourself, and actually, and that's. And it's a, in some ways, it's a good way to think, but in some ways, it's a bad way to think because you're comparing yourself to someone less fortunate than you. So, do you know what I mean? So you have a little bit of guilt there as well, but you think, come on, you see people running marathons with one leg or disabled people that can do anything. So why can't I run with a bad knee? Why can't I do that? Why can't I get up and look after myself? But do you think that's actually a positive way to talk to yourself in a way? Because there's always going to be somebody less fortunate and always going to be somebody more fortunate but it doesn't mean that it doesn't validate how you're feeling and like you said you know there is that that conversation that you hear all the time amongst football um that well how can they possibly moan about it or feel like that because they've got money but then that's why we're having this conversation because that's not what depression is that's not what mental health is and as well people say about the footballers are oh, that they've got the money they shouldn't be depressed but you didn't start playing football. No one started playing football for money. You played football because you loved it and then it became a job. If you're good at it, you didn't, ask to, you didn't ask to do this. You didn't ask for the thing around you that causes all of the mess in your mind and the pressure and the depression. It's not something that you get paid. You don't get paid to have depression. You don't get paid to have anxiety and stuff like that. It, it, it's, it's every, everyone can get it. Anyone can get it. Look at Tyson Fury. Mm. I was in tears watching his program just because I, it just literally everything that he said yeah i can relate to i think like for someone like him to come out and you want as much exposure to the mind and dealing with this the horrible nature of what it is and for someone like that to come out is amazing mm -hmm. and he still suffers now yeah it's so interesting just going on to tyson fury because it was when he was at his lowest was actually when the outside perception yeah. would have been well you know because he had everything financially materialistically yeah. and he just won the heavyweight world title yeah. like but then, and he just built a beat klitschko yeah. and that was when it was so interesting because that's when he then just because it was almost like well what am i what is my life now then yeah. because he'd worked so hard to get to achieve that goal that once the goal had achieved it's so interesting how the mind works that yeah. He felt like nothing. And that's when you realise it's not about materialistic things. It's not about money. It's about happiness and love and the people that you've got around you. Mm. And I'm fortunate enough to have a loving family with nephews, nieces. Kid, I've got three kids, my family, my wife and everything, my sisters. And I think that if you've got that, you're winning in life. And if you've got that support and... If I'm honest, my family aren't great. They're not very nurturing. Like they're, they're more of a slap you on the back and get on with it. 
But my wife's the opposite and she'll, she'll speak to me about it. And she's that sensitive one that's completely the opposite to me. So I can cope with that. And then, then you look at your little, I look at my little kids and think, well, how could I ever commit suicide when I've got them? How could I ever leave them without their dad and not provide for them and not be there for them and see them do stuff like that? I could never do it. Mm. Even now I'm getting a bit emotional speaking about it. It's just because just they're my kids. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I can imagine. What, you know, you said about your, you know, your family not being necessarily nurturing because just even having a conversation with you, you are quite harsh on yourself. Yeah. You notice that. Yeah, but it's, that's just how I've been brought up as well. Yeah, so like there's an expectation. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah. I just think that as an athlete, though, there's an expectation. And yeah. I just can't help it. It's just how I've been regimented from the age of seven to be the best, whether that's from my dad or the coaches at Chelsea or whatever. And my dad at the beginning was, was quite strict. And my mum was like, whoa, he's seven. You, you just need to enjoy it. And then through the years, it was more relaxed. But it was, I went from missing so much football I had to be so strict even when I first got to Sheffield Wednesday I missed so much training I had to be so strict with myself outside of it yeah. to eat right to do the training to do what I needed to do so I could perform on a Saturday because regardless of what I feel what level I'm at or how I how I think I'm going to play I still have to perform in front of people on a Saturday and I, I don't get nervous that's not in my that's not in my nature so I like the pressure I can cope with that side of it it's just the fact of going out there thinking Am I going to embarrass myself again walking off injured? That was the only pressure I've ever felt going on a football pitch. It's, it's fascinating because some people um, with mental health problems, um, for example, depression, which is what we're really focusing on, almost work better when they do have that pressure. And it's the normality that yeah. they find more difficult because, I mean, even the very beginning of our conversation, it was like you need to be, always be doing something. Do you think that that's what you find hardest is, is the normal and the quiet? So it's almost like when you do go on the pitch, you know, that's when you, know, you, you yeah. excel. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're used to it. You're so used to it. And I'm a show off. Like <laughs> I, I show off. I'm Joe. I'm joking about all the time, but I'm always serious. I know what it takes to do what I have to do. And do you know what, when I'm in a depressed state, you can always tell, cause I'll get loads of bookings and I'll get sent off and I, I, I'm angry. I'm, I'm going on the pitch angry. And that's another sign. Like you asked me earlier on, I was just thinking about stuff and, I went through a period in one season, I got sent off five times, but I was in such a bad place. I didn't want to be, I didn't want to play. I went through a stage of not wanting to play football again. And, and yeah, I, I was feeling suicidal and I didn't tell anyone because it's a lot different having what they have at Chelsea to having what they've got at Sheffield Wednesday. And don't get me wrong, the treatment I got off Sheffield Wednesday was amazing. Um, Paul Smith smudged the physio at the time. He was like my own therapist. He just looked after me so well. And he actually got me through it. And then the next season, I ended up having my best season that I've ever had in football. So it's, just, it's, it's funny, but it's just something you have to deal with. What, what were those thoughts going through your mind at the time? Well, I used to, dri I, I used to, always, I used to yeah. drive around in a car. This was my thing. When, whenever I was suicidal, I used to drive around in a car. And just If I saw a lorry coming towards me, I just think, well, if I just switched over now, this game over, it's done. And I used to think it all the time. And not now, not for years I've had... I've had little thoughts like that, but not, not that I would ever say, oh, yeah, it's a suicidal thought. Sometimes I think, oh, would it be better if it was all done? And then I think, no, of course it wouldn't, because I look at the love that my children have for me and what I have for them, and it doesn't compare to anything. But um, I always thought, yeah, if I was to end it, it would be just putting the car into, into a lorry or into a tractor or something like that. 
but that's selfish. Stop. You look at it then because someone else you're going into some you're going into someone else. But at this, yeah. But in a way, I don't. It's not really selfish because it's what the way you're feeling about yourself at the mm. time, and that is a really really dark place. Yeah. Of what, what do you think stopped you? What do you think helped you? And why you're sat here today? Uh, just the love of my family, probably. Right. And so actually it holding on to something. Yeah. Having, having someone there. And I know some people don't have that, that someone there, but there's always someone to speak to. There is someone, something to cope with. But I don't always speak to my family. I find someone to speak to. But there's always hope because you can always do something. You're ne no one's ever alone. Someone on the street. There's always someone good in the world that could that could help you. And I, I honestly believe that. I've I've had deeper conversations with people that I don't know than than my family sometimes about depression because on the radio they've come up to me in Sheffield and spoke about it or and something like that. And I've had there's one there's there's um, a young a young girl before the games at Sheffield Wednesday and her mum always comes up and says, "Can you get my daughter to snap out of it?" And I I try and explain to her that. You can't just snap out of it. She needs help and she needs that time and care and love and whatever it takes and some way to find her way out and her coping mechanism. What would you say to, to people that do have that attitude then? That it is well, the, like, the, oh, just snap out of it. Sort yourself out. Do you know what? It's so hard because my parents would have the same. And I think my little, my little sister's gone through it a little bit. And it's sort of that old school mentality that has never had to deal with their emotions. Do you know what I mean? As a man, like my dad would never deal with any emotions. He's got loads of things going on. His dad died when he was young. His mum died. But he would never deal with that. And it's all bottled up. Whereas our generation, we speak about things. We speak about feelings. Um, women are open. Everyone. It, and I just think you have to be open and, and tell people what's, what's wrong. Mm. Do you think that's the main message? To yeah. be open. To, to speak about it. That is, yeah. that is my biggest, the biggest help to me is to speak about it to different people. And the thing is, no one can ever tell you how to feel and no one can ever tell you how to, how to act and how to be. But you, you have to find a way yourself. But by speaking about it, you'll find that way. And by getting different ideas from different people, you can find what works for you. Mm. How important do you think it is that we talk about it in football? And if you have a... Is it being understood and the way you feel within football and within the changing room? No, I've never had a manager that has under... Apart from Ancelotti, I've, because that was when he dealt with the mind, but I wasn't in that place to speak about it. But since leaving Chelsea, I've never had a manager that understood it. Mm, the yeah. best manager that understood me, Carlos Carvajal, he used to call me crazy, but I thought that was funny anyway because we had that kind of relationship. So he, he knew how to handle me and he, he looked after me really well. But um, I've not had a manager, apart from him and Ancelotti, that actually look after that side of your welfare and and do that. I don't. I think there's still a massive stigma in football. If I'm honest, a lot of people will be quiet about it because they see it as a weakness in a in a sport that you're supposed to be strong and perfect. Yeah, yeah, of course, and and macho and whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I'll go on the pitch and be a maniac. I'll go into any tackle, but it doesn't matter. I am. I have mental illness. But going oh, yeah. into a tackle doesn't mean... Of course it doesn't. It doesn't mean yeah. you're mentally... It doesn't mean... Yeah. You're, it doesn't mean any... Having mental illness doesn't mean anything. It's just something... Someone... One of the managers... I'm not going to say his name because it doesn't matter, but a manager told me that you need to sort yourself out emotionally because you're not... You're all over the place. You need just to be there. 
right, I'm not there because I'm an emotional guy. I'm, I'm all, all over the place. And that's fine with me. I'm comfortable with that. You have to deal with me because you're the manager. Mm. But people don't understand that. And that's where you get all the coaching badges, but you have to be, as a manager or as a, a leader, you have to have that, that mindset in, in coping with everything. And I don't think a lot of managers have that. At the top level, of course they do, because they manage people and the best managers in the world manage a person, a player as an individual. Lower down, and the lower down you get is, come on, let's get out there and win the, get the three points. And that is the pressure of football, because it's, it's a business now. Some clubs will have that. At clubs that I've been at, Sheffield Wednesday, I'll be honest, they don't have anything like that. You don't work. It's not. It's nothing said on that. You work on the pitch, and then you 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 do a little bit of gym work, and then you're done. And I think it's really important. Fair enough, finances and everything like that. It's a great club, Sheffield Wednesday. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to like say anything bad about it. But for me, you need to take away the stigma, even with the coaching badges. When 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 managers, you need to be able to cope. It shouldn't just be, oh, I can put a drill on. I can do this. I can do that. You need to manage the people. Football's getting so much of, oh, we just treat everyone the same. Or I can only speak about football, obviously. I'll keep saying football, but in every sport is different. But in football, everyone's treated the same now. Everyone's, oh, everyone's a number and it's a business. Oh, it's so important to win because of the money side of it. But you're forgetting, we're all human. It's like what's going on at the moment. You're trying to rush football back, fair enough. But the people that are playing are still, they're, they're vulnerable to what's going to happen, the COVID-19. Do you know what I mean? There's some people that have kids. There's some people that are elderly elderly nans mums that are vulnerable to it my dad had a heart attack last year he's really vulnerable to it so if I go to go back to playing for 11 weeks in quarantine then I can't see my my family for 12 weeks when when we're out of it and it's 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 a difficult situation don't get me wrong I would go back because I want to play football I'm missing it I would go back but there are some people that don't want to go back and I don't think there should be pressure put on people like that so you you mentioned how how much talking about it helps you is that why you you're an on your side champion with mind and efl without a shadow of a doubt i want to try and help people and just try and raise awareness ever since i started speaking about it, it's helped me no end from the age of 20 21 just speaking to different people you get different opinions on it you get different facets of what people dealt with and how they've dealt with it and i think a massive part of it and even just telling someone i don't feel right could save a life mm. And it's as simple as that. I, I, I feel depressed. All right. So we, we do something about it. We speak about it. We go and take you somewhere. You can speak to him, her, whatever. And I think a massive, it has to be. It's the start of anything. A conversation is the start of help, is, is the start of being helped. And what's, I mean, I've picked up bits of different advice across this whole conversation, but what's, what's your message to people out there that are feeling like what we've discussed and can, you know, I don't know, relate themselves in this conversation do you, know, do you know one thing as well that i wanted to say sometimes you won't notice it because you put on a show and like i've always done that no one would ever notice at work that i've put on a show and i know you spoke to chris kirkland and he's obviously suffered with the same because i've i've seen it from afar when he's and i played with kirky for two years and i've got to say he's probably one of the the best people i've ever met in football i love him yeah and you would never have you would have never have seen never have known what he was going through because you just wouldn't have seen it because you, people put on a show. So like you said before, oh, you can tell some people, other people you can't. And some people go the opposite way and try and portray themselves as the happiest person ever. But sometimes they're not. Mm, to mask it. Do you think that's yeah. one of the biggest problems then in how yeah. we view mental health? Because 
I've heard people go, and um, for people that have, and we've had very sadly had, um, you know, some people within the football community that have um, committed suicide. Yeah. Oh, well, he looked fine. Yeah. You know, or he was laughing or yeah, it he, mean, he was on air. Like, you know, it doesn't and I mean think you're miserable 24 seven. Exactly. It, 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 yeah. It's, it's not that it's, that is not depression. It isn't that. And that's a misconception of what it actually is because it doesn't mean you're not, you're miserable all the time. Yeah. And actually, like you said, um, you can do what like Chris Kirkland does. I definitely do that. And I do as well. As well. <laughs> you I put on every, like an, yeah. a show of being the strongest, you know, and there is that thing where it's like, hang on, hang on, like check in with your strongest, you know, the person that you see as the strongest happy mate, yeah. you know, because actually it doesn't necessarily mean it's so obvious. Um, like I'm not the sort of person, well, I wasn't, that would openly say my feelings. Yeah. Um, but it didn't mean that I wasn't suffering inside. No, what, of course not. So, so what do you think is the best advice for somebody who manifests it then in a way where they feel like they have to put it on a show? Just tell someone. Just tell, find someone to tell someone. It doesn't, doesn't have to be a loved one. Just find someone and speak about it. That's the first thing. And then the next thing, if you can, just stay active because you release the endorphins and it makes everything for me feel better. But the main thing is to speak about it. Yeah. And is there any other coping mechanisms that you use that will help people? Yeah, stay busy. Occupy your day because the, the more time you have to think about it, the worse you, you are. When, when I was the most depressed, it was when I wasn't working. It was when I was retired and when I was sat around. And mm. that was the main thing is to, to use your brain. Mm. I always look for something when I'm depressed that I can control and I become a, more controlling and everything like that. So I try and obviously deal with that side something else but mm -hmm. yeah just something that you can control and feel in control of that you own yeah like exercise work. yeah like exercise and or you can you shaving can take your head. It. yeah that's ridiculous don't do that i think that's only me and britney spears do that just leave <laughs> that one out okay yeah so something <laughs> that you can control yeah in your life thank you thank i you really appreciate it do you know what i haven't spoke about it for so long i was i, just, I had to feel about like when i was in such a dark place i had to think do you know what i mean because I'm in a good place at the moment, it's difficult. It's how, yeah. how to remember the thoughts you have, how dark they are. But the fact that you can't, you know, you've had to really think about what those thoughts were, I think is a really good message because it shows that the thoughts do pass. Yeah, without a shadow of doubt. And there is hope. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I love talking to you. It's been brilliant. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks Even so much. Even though you are a Sheffield United fan. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's done, it's done now. Don't worry. <laughs> Um, and I hope you, you listening have found it helpful, wherever you are listening. The EFL and Mind are currently in their second year of their groundbreaking On Your Side partnership, which aims to raise awareness of mental health with football fans, clubs and the general public and improve the approach to mental health in football and raise vital funds to deliver national and local support. For more info, visit mind.org.uk and I'll catch you again soon.